If you would be so kind as to join me in Scripture reading this morning, and we'll go through this message as God allows us. I invite you to look into the gospel. It is actually in your, in your worship guide towards the back. You have both scriptures that we have read this morning. And Jesus is gathered with his disciples at a feast. Remember what I mentioned last week that Jesus was a partier? Another party. Now, this one is in chapter 7 of the book of John, and Jesus is actually at the Feast of the Tabernacles, one of the many feasts that the Jewish people have as they celebrated the Exodus and they went into the desert. They built these kind of small tabernacles and live in them for a night and celebrate. And this is where we find Jesus probably in one of these huts made up uh, out in the fields along with everybody else that's celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. Listen to and for the word of the Lord. On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood up and shouted to the crowd, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may, have, may come and drink. For the scripture declares, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said this thing about living waters, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. The word of the Lord. I am in the middle. Next week we will be wrapping this up in a, in a series of, of messages entitled The Powerful Grace of God. And we are know the, the grace of God to be an amazing theological concept. We know that the grace of God is an idea that has been explored and has been. But how many of us have explored the dynamic, the actual power of the grace of God? We know about the amazing grace of God in relation to salvation. But how many of us have explored the power that the grace of God has in our lives? The powerful grace of God is so radical and so powerful that it changes us unconditionally. It is sacrificial. It is covenantal. God poured out his love and his acceptance towards us so that we can then in return love and accept others. God actually sustained us as we discovered last week, ultimately through food, ultimately spiritually, so that we can then in turn sustain others when they are in need. Today, I wish to invite you in a short journey as we explore God's grace and as we try to find God's grace in each other. Oh, it may be a difficult process to, to, to siphon through all of who we think we are, to move away all, the, all of the grass and all of the, all of the things that we put and pretend, all the masks and, the, and all of the things that we put on us to pretend who we really are. But today I wish to invite you to discover the grace of God in our lives. You see, because ultimately God has poured God's Spirit in us. Jesus describes it as this water, living water that comes out of our soul, that comes out of our heart. Because there is a purpose for that. That water is supposed to spill into others. That water is supposed to get others wet with the same love, acceptance, grace, and sustenance that God gives to us. But it is that grace that allows us to move into this life. Actually, let me give you this much. It is that grace of God that makes Peter, not Zach. 
Because that grace is a gift. That grace is unique to every one of us. You are not the same as I am. If you were, uh-uh. I wouldn't have any of it. We are all made uniquely in the image of God as we read, for God's purposes as we read, but God has given each of us a unique personality, a unique way of not only receiving God's grace, but also a very unique way of dispensing and showing God's grace. Because in the ultimate analysis, listen to this, in the ultimate analysis, you and I are called by God to be a sign of God's grace, to point to God's grace, to lead others to God's grace, to magnify the grace of God, and to be the light of hope. That is the purpose for which we have come, because you and I are a sign of God's grace. In 2010, there was this little movie made, which wonderful actors and actresses with Sissy Spacey, with uh, Robert Duvall, and one of my favorites, Bill Murray. The movie was called Get Low. And the movie was about this hermit or, or this man who had become a hermit for the last 40 years of his life, and he hated everybody. Actually, for the last 40 years, the kids in town had grown up talking about old man Bush, who was a hermit, and he hated everybody. The kids used to do campaigns to search over to old man Bush's house and throw rocks and break a window because they knew that he would shoot one. One day, old man Bush went to Mr. Quinn. Mr. Quinn was played by Bill Murray, and, and Bill Murray was the funeral director. And old man Bush, Felix Bush, went over to Mr. Quinn because he wanted to pay for his funeral. And yeah, you know, this was back in the 40s, perhaps, the movie took place, and prepay funeral was not a concept. So Bill Murray playing this... Funeral director, almost bankrupt, sees the wad of money that the hermit just puts on his desk and says, I want to arrange my funeral. He says, very good, good man, we will arrange that. But he wanted to be in his funeral. He wanted to be part of that funeral. He was not going to be dead. He wanted to do a funeral party, a funeral party, so that he could go to his funeral party and see what other people were going to be saying about him. He actually... In the movie, Get Low, he wanted to know what did his, his life signify. He wanted to know what did his life mean to others. He wanted to know what was his life all about after he's gone. What are people going to remember of him? You got to see the movie to see the end of it. But you see, he was looking for significance. He was looking for those words. He was looking for those stories. Felix Bush was looking for how have I made a mark in this world? Today, sadly enough, we think that we make a mark in this world. And you've asked millennials and many say, I'm going to make a, a, a lot of money. That's why how I'm going to make a mark in this world. Money, fame, power without paying the price, without paying your dues. I learned a new concept in Spanish, uh, the ninis. In English, it would be the ninis. Because these are some of the kids that they neither go to school nor have a job. The nine hours, I guess. The ninis, ni, ni trabajan ni estudian. 
And that generation is there stagnant because they think that they're going to get fame, that they're going to get popular, that they're going to get rich and empowered with a video clip. How superficial can we get? We all seek significance in our lives. And you see, the only way that we can acquire significance in our life is if we discover who we are and what we do. You see, Jesus was aware of who he was and what he was about. Jesus was very clear in who he was. He was the beloved son of the living God, sent forth full of grace, full of knowledge. In Luke chapter 4, after he comes up from a very strange presbytery exam, I mean, Satan's experience, he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me, and he has sent me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to deliver the, the captives free. He has sent me to give sights to the blind and to proclaim that God is no longer angry with humanity. Liberty to them that are bruised. Jesus knew that he was about healing. Jesus knew that his life was about pointing people towards grace. His life pointed towards love. His life pointed towards faith. His life pointed always towards God. His life actions pointed towards freedom of women, children, and others in servitude. He always pointed towards justice. He always pointed towards equality. He knew what he was about. So he functioned in that way. That is why he says, if anyone comes to me, and if anyone believes in me, it will be like if you can come and drink because rivers of living water will flow from his heart, from within. You see, rivers refer to the idea of a new life, a refreshed life. Stagnant waters that are death and, and, and that are murky and that are maybe stinking now become living waters that are purified, that are moved through, that experience newness and change and refreshness. Living water refers to the way in which the Spirit of God is building your life. Because as that living Water comes forth. You are taken closer to Jesus. As the Spirit drives the living water and moves you into the Word of God, you get closer and closer to Jesus. The church is also a sign of living waters, not the building in any way, shape, or form, but the people. I met a pastor who, who uh, up in, where was I last? St. Petersburg. In the conference, that's the excuse, Luis, at the beach resort at a conference. I was there. And I met this pastor who got to First Presbyterian Phoenix, Arizona, a beautiful cathedral-like building over 140 years old, older than the state itself. And this guy gets there, and they had done the undoable. They had decided to do the most ridiculous thing. They had decided to do the most irresponsible thing. What, what, what is the most ridiculous and irresponsible thing? Sell. Sell the building. She knows she was the one that you have to blame for losing your buildings. <laughs> Sell the building. So he got there when First Pres Phoenix had sold already their God, I mean their building. 
and they needed to regather. Today, they function legally as First Presbyterian Church Phoenix, DBA, because their name is Urban Connect in the warehouse district with a multi-purpose space for art exhibits, business gatherings, job fairs. And that's First Presbyterian Phoenix. Oh, there were 40 people left when he got there, that 800 building. And that dark-skinned Brazilian, not even Puerto Rican, <laughs> that Brazilian was used by God to turn that community around. And this is a different church, and it's thriving. Thriving, back to over 200 in worship on Sundays. Impacting the community in ways they had never thought before. Because they know, they rediscover who they were. They were not the building, they were the ministry. They realized that this is a tool for who we really are. You see, people that look like God's grace, people that look for God's grace in each other, are the people that make buildings happen, that make things happen, that makes ministry happen. If I look at you and I look at, at, at all your weaknesses and, and, and all of your frailties and all of your sins and, and all of them, I'll be overwhelmed. I don't want to hang out with you. Uh, the same way if you discover mine. Oh, goodness, and he's a pastor. That's why they say when I play pool and people who are playing with me, they say, Pastor, just don't say that, say Edwin. Are you really a pastor? Says, yes. They insist. But people who look for the kindness of others, people who look for Jesus in others, people who look to live together in mutual respect, people who, who look to, to live in love and acceptance of each other, that is the community of significance. That's the sign that people are looking for. That's what people are yearning out there. Some are fighting and dividing. The majority are looking for unity. The majority are looking for harmony. The majority are looking for the words of God to be real someplace in some space. That we are all one in Christ and that can happen. It's happening right here. Felix Bush in the movie Get Low he wanted to see what his legacy was about. But let me ask you, what are you known for? Oh, 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 I'm not asking, what are you going to be known for when I read your obituary? No. I read it because I have to. What are you known for? What do you want to be known for in this world? For the darkness or for the light in you? Maybe you want to be known because you're a friendly person. How many of you think that you're friendly? Let me see hands. Okay. I'm friendly when I want to. Maybe you, you're one of those people who are very optimist and, and maybe faithful and, and there's never a no. There's got to be a way somehow to get there. How many of you are like that? There's got to be a way, okay? I mean, we've heard things that, that we, we believe crazy stuff like God will make a way. We believe that kind of stuff. Whew. Maybe you're more cautious and more wisely and move slower than some of us. 
Let me see your, I can't raise my hand in that one. Let me see your hands. Those who are more cautious. Come on, I got some here. There you go. There you go. Pat. There you go. Okay. Jennifer, slow, cautious, wise. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Don't be ashamed. No, no, nothing wrong with that. But maybe you, you're one of those persons that just by walking towards people, you shut a smile and, and you inspire other people. How many of you are like, are like that? You can inspire others. Very good. Maybe you are a teacher to others. Maybe you actually are a mentor to others. How many of you have found yourself to be that? Yeah. How many of you had children? You were a teacher to others, okay? How many of you care for nature? Get up in the morning and look at the beautiful sun and look at, yeah, there you go. How many of you are good cooks? I, I can read. Now, how many of you are good eaters? There you go. There you go. How many of you can tell a good story and you got them there? Yeah, whether it's true or not. <laughs> how many of you are peacemakers? Uh, usually middle children were peacemakers. <laughs> okay. How many of you are, are, are more inclusive? You like to have more of different kinds than exclusive. How many of you are more inclusive? You're in this church, you got to be. <laughs> How many of you are, are, are into sharing the power? In other words, delegate or sharing projects. Not do it all by yourself. i got to force myself to say that. <laughs> How many of you are generous people? Not only with your tithe and your money, but with yourself. And, and yeah, generosity is good. Okay. How many of you are worshipers? How many of you worship God? Let's see your hands. Okay. How many of you are, are, are people helpers? Yeah, little people helpers. How many of you have the very deep potential to be patient? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. We're there. To be joyful in every occasion. To be caring. To be loving. To be forgiving. To be open-minded. Let me see your hands. To be sensitive to others' needs. Everybody raise their hands. Pull them out. No. You know what? Look around you. You are seeing the grace of God in all of us. Do you see it now? Do you see how we can find God in one another when we look for that grace within us and not for the ugly stuff? Oh, we see the ugly stuff. But if Jesus covers the ugly stuff and God, who is our parent, just sees us through Jesus, why should we not see each other as people bearing the grace and light of Jesus? Would that be something we can do? Is that something we can do? Because whoever believes in me, as Scripture said, rivers of living water, whether it is generosity, whether it is kindness, whether it is inspiration, a smile, a hand of help, rivers of living water will flow from within. Finding God in one another is easy. We just have to look for the qualities of Jesus in each one of us. Can we pray? Thank you, Lord, for guiding us to a place, to a space that we can worship in freedom, that we can speak with freedom, and we can love with freedom. Thank you that we can also expose ourselves to change because of your spirit, because we find ourselves in a safe space. Thank you, Lord, that... that 
you have planted in us since creation your image of goodness, of loving, of patient, of gentleness, of peaceful, of fruitfulness. And it is when we look intentionally for your grace in each other that we see God in each other and we love and walk along hand in hand. For that, O oh Lord, we thank you. For that, O oh Lord, we praise you. For that, O oh Lord, we worship you. Thank you for making us so different and eccentric that we can enjoy each other's eccentricities as we become radically generous and radically welcoming of one another. That my brother or sister doesn't have to play the same instrument, uh, may improve in rhythms perhaps, but I love them still. May we love each other's ways of expressions. May we respect each other's love and passions. We thank you, Lord, for the members of this congregation. We thank you for Don Luis, who ministers your word just a few blocks from here to men who are incarcerated. We pray for each one of them, and we pray for his ministry. We pray for the teachers, for the medical workers, from, from the persons that take care of the electricities and functionings of the hospital, all the way to doctors and CEOs and decision makers, oh God. We pray for our schools, for our children. We pray for Richards Christian Academy and our children who attend that school. We pray for our sister Peggy and others who are ill. For We pray for Shirley Allen who's ill at home. We pray for Lisa Carter, oh God. We got the list. Remind us, oh Lord, to read it throughout the week and pray for our sisters and brothers. But above all, we thank you for him who, who actually knew who he was and knew what he was about. He knew he was full of grace and thus grace flowed from him. He knew he had the authority of God, so he spoke with authority. And he taught us together to say this prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.